sushi anywhere. And they're like, no, man, you got to go get tacos at this place. And I was like, no, I want fucking sushi. I don't want another goddamn taco. So they're like, no, but you, you got to try this burrito, man. I'm like, I eat. And I'm like, no. And I'm like, where can I get sushi? I live in East Oakland. I need sushi. Yeah. yeah. I have good burritos. Yeah. You got to go to Bones for that. Right. Which is safely. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that Jonathan and I really bonded on is that we were both raised in really, really religious homes. And we both negate that upbringing. Not in like an anarchistic way where we go out and murder people together, but in a way where like we we decided that that's. I mean, we're very we're still very nice people. You guys are I a little too romancy. Yeah, yeah. You should try murder though; it's cathartic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or sex in a phone booth. Well, that's fine. I don't oh, mind like any yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Or both at the same time. I mean, bring a third into the mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, it, Jesus wasn't the bad guy. It's the I like. Uh, Jesus, I think he was the good guy, but um, the rest of the religion and all the stuff that I know his church did and my church, they sound very similar in the way they tried to shape and mold us, and uh, it's it never might not have been the best. It's never the story that's, that causes all the, the violence and war and chaos. It's the fucking fundamentalist psychopaths yeah. and the information and the power and control and it just gets ridiculous I, lo I lost all my faith when my dog died and that bitch of a teacher told me that my dog wouldn't go to heaven uh, my fifth grade teacher Mrs. <laughs> Blake said the same thing but she went farther and she said that my grandmother was going to hell because she was Catholic what? she said that Catholicism oh. was a cult that's what S S San Ramon Valley Christian Academy taught us that everything other than Presbyterianism really is a cult so even like Lutherans they were pretty much like Lutherans Catholics Buddhists Hindus, all cults, Mormons, Sikhs, anything other than Jesus is your Lord and Savior and Who died for you. Who the fuck were the Knights of the Columbus? Who are the Knights of Columbus? They were, they were these weirdos. Like, I went to school one night because I had, like, basketball practice. And uh, I went into, like, that room between, like, the church and the gym. Uh, like... I don't know whatever it's called there was like it was some weird room there's like offices and shit in there and I walk in there because that's where the water faucet thing was and there was all these weirdos in robes like not like KKK robes but close right if and you want to know the answer to this question just listen to podcast number three. Oh yeah Robbie when Robbie already yeah, answered it yeah, for yeah, you. yeah 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 Robbie already answered it <laughs> right. go home with your story yeah sorry I'm such a yeah but, uh, yeah <laughs> No. Yeah, no, I was wondering if Pam had any encounters with the no. Knights of Columbus. No Knights of Columbus. I think it's some Illuminati shit. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I was thinking Templar or something. Yeah. yeah. But the fucked up thing is that Robbie knew exactly what it was. Exactly. He's like, oh, yeah. We had a guess that he knows. He, he gets obsessive about. Dude, he Any just interviewed Barry stuff. Crimmins on his, on his podcast. Yeah. I don't know who Barry Crimmins oh, is. Oh, did you see uh, Call Me Lucky? No. Bobcat Goldthwait directed it. I know who Bobcat oh. Goldthwait is. Yeah, no, this, uh, Barry Crimmins is this uh, famous political comic from, like, the 70s. Basically brought down AOL's kitty porn ring. Wow. Yeah, this, this guy was uh, molested as a kid, and he went on AOL to find a support group about it when AOL first and all he found was child porn. Wow. And it was parents putting up their own kids. <gasps> Yeah, and like he brought the whole fucking kids. dude. Watch Whoa. Call Me Lucky on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's It'll amazing. make you cry, but it's the best movie ever. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah, it's uh, parents are assholes. We'll I thought comedians were assholes, yeah. but we'll parents. Yeah. yeah, no, Should. yeah, watch it's it. It's a, it's a downer, but it's it, worth well, it. Actually, I mean, it's it's a downer and it's funny. It's it's really like uh, provocative. Yeah, it's a very smart film. Yeah, yeah, and so but anyways, our buddy got to interview the guy. Wow. Yeah. And his interview with him is fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um, and he uh, interviewed him about uh, comedy, and he, for the first half of the podcast, he talks about what's wrong with comedy now, and it, uh, all of the stuff he says is fucking fantastic. Um, it's Media Roots uh, with Barry Crimmins as the episode came out last week. And um, and then he goes into like all this politics stuff that I sort of understood. I'm not a really political person. Um, but uh, either way, the guy is so... Um, emphatic that it's just he's great to listen to no matter what and just like his little nuances and his little phrases and stuff that he says are just hilarious either way you you would really like Barry Crimmins yeah he's he's amazing yeah he gave a lot of comics their start like uh, oh uh, yeah because they, they worked like out Bob, Chinese he gave Bobcat his start yeah that out of that Chinese he, he actually restaurant. got Bobcat sober yeah Whoa. yeah yeah um, yeah, he's Bobcat's best friend. Wow. Um, yeah, no, yeah, Call Me Lucky. It's uh, a yeah, fantastic, fantastic, fantastic movie. Rad. Yeah. yeah. Do we have any questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we got, uh, we got a show. We're doing a show Friday. Yeah, we're doing a show Friday. Yeah. It's the four-year anniversary of Fantastic's Comedy Clubhouse. Yeah, I'm really right. excited. I can't wait. Yeah, it should be really fun. I'm excited for Ruby Gill. Yeah, excited for you. Yeah. I'm excited to see Jesse Head. He always is very. Jesse's on the show too. Yeah. Awesome. I love Jesse. Yeah. The new, the new, new seats chairs, will be here. Yeah. The new chairs will be here. Ooh, fancy yeah, time. So backs and arms on the chairs now. Wow. Yeah. Well, actually, that I sort of had this realization that I cannot charge ten dollars a sh- a person per show at the festival if we didn't have chairs with backs. I can't make people sit on squeaky, weird, pews benches. benches. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. like yeah. so I'm gonna throw when we get them on Friday. I'm gonna just throw every anything that isn't foldable is going away, yeah. and um, the st- stackable or foldable, and then everything else I'm just gonna put on the street and hopefully people will pick it up. Oh, they will. Oh, they will. People yeah. oh, always they pick will. shit up. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, everything this this Friday should be a good show. I'm gonna. Keep putting promotion out. Try to get people to come. That's uh, Friday the 29th. Friday the 29th, and it's been—it's mean—it's been every Friday for the past four years, from eight to ten. So it's like—I mean, I would—it's just a matter of telling people. I would hope that comics would come out and be like, "Hey, it's been four years. Congratulations!" Right. But you know, I—it's doubtful. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, come come see me on my home come court. See yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> trying. I mean, I try not to bank. It's hard because I do want to have real non-comedians in the audience, but I'd rather have comedians in the audience than no audience. Yeah. So I feel like I still have to market to comedians, yeah. even yeah. though they're not my preferred people I want in the audience. Oh, yeah, we, we've been doing pretty good the past couple of months. I've been here almost every Friday. It's been, you think it's okay? I think my expectations are a little too high. Yeah, I felt uh, the one night it was super rainy, nobody was here, but we still had fun. Yeah, I still had when, fun. When uh, Terry was here. Right. Yeah, and he's turned into my huge buddy on Facebook. That's We're always great. going back. What was his last name, Terry? Terry, it's not Doris. I can't remember. Okay, teacher. yeah, whatever. Yeah, he's all right. Australian guy. Australian awesome. guy, yeah. 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 I'm yeah. trying. It's okay. hard. Today was a rough day. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Though. Yeah, thanks okay, so for we got, coming. We got one final question, and, yep. then, uh, and then we'll get out of here. We asked this to all our guests. Yeah. Um, and doesn't, uh, 
the answer to the question can be anyone. Doesn't have to be a comedian. How much money do your parents make? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's yeah, um, it's uh, who's the funniest person you know? Who's the funniest person I know? Yeah. That is a really difficult question. Yeah, that's why we ask. The f- I have to know them. Yeah, yeah. It can't be like... It could be anyone from childhood, family. Who's the funniest person I know? You know, like hanging out and wouldn't you laugh your hardest? Funniest person you know. Oh... I love this part. It's, I mean, it's <laughs> such a difficult question because my mother has no sense of humor. My brother, you know what? Here's the thing. I can't answer the question because I would never stroke anybody's ego enough to let them think that they're the funny, funnier than me. What about them. I'm the funniest person I know. Uh-huh. We've got, we've got that, that was the before. same answer we got last week. <laughs> yeah. No, honestly. Yeah. It's a good answer. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that answer. I mean, I, I, wouldn't, know else, I wouldn't know who else to say. I mean. No, you should be. You live inside your brain. Yeah. 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 No. You know. Okay. Because uh, well, I. Well, that's the thing I would say lately. Stephen King, but I don't know him. I've only read all his books, but I think he has the best sense of humor. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. But he I has don't a know good him, so I humor. can't say him as an answer. Plus, he's a famous person, so that makes me suck a bag of dicks. So it's like, <laughs> you know what? But all all the famous people to kiss up to, like Stephen King, it's not like he's Sean Penn or like Brad Pitt or Ryan Gosling, like or you know people that that people are always trying to. Like you, you could probably find Stephen King yeah, where he, wrote he like, lives. He wrote like, like within like a couple of hours arriving in his hometown. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah, because uh, I'm gonna try. Yeah, and I'm gonna kill that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm allegedly. Yeah, no, I remember being a kid, and did you ever read Gerald's Game? Yeah, I love it. It's that one of my favorite books by him. fucked my head up. I Wait, read that one. That's, that's a rape one, right? Yeah. Uh, well, kind She's of. She's tied up in the bed. Yeah, and the guy has a heart attack. Yeah, and fuck he's that stuck book. there. And, yeah, and he has to wait numb. for the blood to coagulate from cutting his wrist to slide his hands out. It's a she, but yeah, she's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. in the bed, and she has to. And the that wolf. Was She doesn't actually cut her wrist. She, she gloves her hand by just doing it through that. She pulls her hand yeah. through it. She just decides, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And the she wolves are coming. The, the guy just goes there and stares at her. Yeah, the scary guy that she sees. Like, it's a great. It's a great book. It's That's the last favorites. one I read from him. I was like, I can't deal with this it's shit anymore. It's on my shelf. I like his really deep cuts. Like my favorite books of his are like the girl who loved Tom Gordon. Nobody knows that heard book. Of that. I don't. It's yeah. about the girl who gets lost in the woods who loves Tom Gordon. Who's a red. It's a baseball book about. It's a red. He's a Red Sox fan. Um, and so it's about this player, and she gets lost in the woods, and the bear. Anyways, it's great. And then Rose Matter is another one of his deep cuts. Oh, yeah, that's it's good. It's fucking great. Yeah. And the I only one of that triptych, Dolores Claiborne, is the one. That oh, is that where she throws shit at the walls? Dolores Rose Claiborne? Rose Matter is the one no, that. No, Dolores Claiborne. Dolores Claiborne is the one where um, she, her husband, she kills her husband because he rapes the daughter. And but you don't know why. Well. Oh, yeah, I remember. Did she really yeah. kill her? And the old lady, and the falling down the stairs, and did she kill her too? And the blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that it's a really well layered book. Yeah, the movie the movie's actually decent. Well, like as far as Stephen King movies, sometimes they don't translate well at all to film unless you completely gut them. Unless you have that For one actress who was also in the one where she hobbled the guy, Misery. Oh, yeah, uh, Kathy, Kathy Bates. Bates. Yeah, Kathy she was Bates in Dolores Claiborne Claire as well. Yeah, both yeah. Of those movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of those were good. But that's what I love about. Also, through the eyes of the dragon is another deep cut of Stephen. What King, was the I one love. with the magical black man? 
the magical yeah, the green mile yeah the green, oh yeah. that one's great yeah yeah, yeah i like that movie i love well, that I movie is great too pet cemetery was one that freaked me the oh most. man pets they do the, the leper ant oh my god you know zelda yeah. she wasn't leper she was uh she had um spinal meningitis which that doesn't seem right yeah it doesn't seem it, it doesn't seem right but i remember it pretty pretty well and but but I, the thing i don't understand is that it must have been viral like meningitis because bacterial meningitis you die pretty fucking fast did, like a couple you, days did you see that rick and morty episode where they spoofed that book uh needful things I know the book Default Things, but oh I've yeah. never seen Rick and Morty. Oh, my God. You, you should. Rick and Morty is you the greatest should. thing to ever happen ever. Um, you, in particular, would think it was fantastic. Uh, yeah. And I don't say that lightly. Uh, Rick and Morty is the greatest show that's ever ever happened. Yeah. Hands down. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I've seen every episode at least nine times. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so good. So good. So fucking good. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, look forward to seeing you again. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, yeah, come check us out come uh, Friday. this Friday, the 29th, to Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st uh, Street, Street, uh, 8 o'clock, uh, BYOB, and laugh your ass off. Um, fuck everything. Fuck you. Fuck off. Fuck, fuck you.
it's eight o'clock. Yeah, it's time for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. Our two paying audience members are getting drinks right now. People are on their way. My boyfriend, Jonathan Moore, promises that he's gonna be here. Welcome to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. I hope that you guys have all already subscribed or said you're going to the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016. I've got all these flyers down here. Yay, flyers are so pretty. It's, I, I, I'm a little crazy today because I've bitten off more than I can chew. I, I sent out press releases to like 100 different places today and dear God, people will hopefully come to the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Uh, I'm Pam Benjamin, your host tonight. And uh, I am uh, usually, uh, no, I'm about this drunk all the time. <laughs> that's pretty much, that's pretty much how it goes. It's, uh, I like drinking a lot. Uh, and people, I'm a nanny by trade. I don't drink when I'm a nanny because I'm being paid. I don't, I've never been drunk at work, except that one time when I was teaching junior high and I drank too much the night before and I got, I probably had a blood alcohol of like point oh one, two, something, and I was teaching junior high. That's the only time I've ever been drunk at work. But now I don't do that anymore because I'm a nanny and I get paid to be a good nanny. Yeah, yeah, come on in. Oh my gosh, more people. It's five bucks, put five bucks in the thingy over there. Like I'm the door person and I'm the host. It's so confusing. Be nice to the dog. He's, his name is Aldo. He will not bite you. He's a nice, he's a nice, nice dog. Uh, I was just saying, I'm a, I'm a nanny. I don't take care of dogs. They're they're too difficult. They they don't have diapers. I don't know how to deal with their shit. Uh, but babies, they just poop in a diaper and you clean it out. I touched a lot of baby dicks lately, and I don't I, I don't mean that in like a ooh, you touch a lot of baby dicks. But I'm a nanny, so it's okay. And it makes me think a lot about American moms and why um, I'm dealing with an, a child right now, and he is an uncircumcised baby. He's he's two years old. And he has this cute little elephant dick. And I touch it all the time because I'm trying to clean it all that schmegma, you know, because I'm a good nanny. And his mom gives a shit. But the reason I realized that uh, circumcision became so popular in the United States is that American parents are just lazy assholes. <laughs> you just have to clean out your baby's dick. It's okay. You don't have to chop that whole thing off. You don't have to, like, uh, change their whole sexual being for the rest <laughs> of their life. I'm just going to start the show. We're uh, killing ourselves here at Mutiny Radio. How you guys doing out there? Woohoo! There I'm are free iPhone everybody. chargers here. Um, what? <laughs> we'll promise we'll Ooh. leave it alone. But Wait, is this nice the new, new one? This feels thinner than mine. Feel yeah. it. It's because yours is old as fuck. No, it's not the new one. The new one charges differently. Is that this the is one like what it's I? It's not have? Apple. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, yeah. there you go. Good call. I was like, this Good. feels flimsy compared to the one I got. I don't know anybody who has a new iPhone. I feel like everybody's kind of waited at waiting it out until they fix all the <laughs> whatever fucking up they did. But have you noticed every time they have an update, there's weird shit that happens with your own phone? Yeah. Me too. Yeah, especially this last one. My messages were fucked up. I couldn't remember. I couldn't... Mm -hmm. um, you were like, did you see my messages? I was like, I just got one. <laughs> and I sent you a few that was like, oh, hello, hello. That I didn't get. I didn't, okay. didn't get. <laughs> and you weren't the only one. I, I, I don't know what's going on. I mean, I had to turn it off my iMessage, and then eventually, like, I just, uh, the app, I just kind of turned it off. And I don't know. It's working fine now, but I, I think I should restart my phone. Yeah. I think, I think that helps. Yeah. I feel like every time you update, it's just, I know it restarts it for you. But, but you might have to do it a few times. 
but earlier i know that you have you don't have a lot of memory or you don't have any memory. i don't have any memory at all right now um so i purchased the icloud backup or whatever that yeah. gives me extra storage yeah yet the phone was still freezing up when i wasn't even like oh you know doing a couple things i was literally just swipe Mm-hmm. wanted to look at the camera and it fucking froze God i was it. like why is this happening mm. um it's annoying but uh, you know it's technology you just you have issues with everything it's just that our phones are not that old so it shouldn't have this many issues you know yeah. mine's just a year old right yeah mine's getting mine's almost the two-year mark which is why i'm like eh, i should think about it because yeah. I know I know how they work and yeah. the longer you wait the more you're going to get screwed once you do make the change they're going to make you pay for it so right. I have to in a couple of weeks I have to just sit down and figure out how am I going to pay for this because the payment plan is very confusing to me there are too many options and they have their own um, program now right and that's just weird to me. Like before, I just paid for it. I paid for it up front because I didn't up. I wasn't upgrading regularly, so I was like, "Fine, okay, I'll just pay up front." I skipped the iPhone five. I get it. I need this phone right now, so I did that. But now yeah. you can't even do that. You have to do a payment plan, which is fine. But I prefer to just pay for something up front instead of having to pay for it yeah. every month. Yeah, and I, that was my mistake last time. I said I didn't do that, and I'm still paying for my phone. Really? Mm-hmm. So, I don't so know. So, they want everybody now to do what I, stupidity I did. Just like they want to reel you in and never let you leave. Exactly. Well, anyways, after that rant, I'm glad to be back in the saddle here. The last show that we did was, <laughs> I'm counting how many so weeks ago. So long one, two, ago. Three, one, two, three, four, five, six weeks ago was the last show that we did. Oh, my God. And I think it's just been pretty much nonstop for both of us since mm-hmm. Outside Lands. The last show that we did was right after we went to Outside Lands. So a lot yep. has happened <laughs> uh, since then. Um, but it's been a fun summer. I mean, we go through periods of time where we're like... Happy fall. Happy fall. <laughs> um, you know, the shit happens. Life happens. Mm-hmm. So, um, but Bad now, things, good things. Yeah. But good things are happening to us because we're apparently we're leaving California next week. So we're really excited about <laughs> we're that. We're leaving forever. Uh, Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we're going on a little vacation. We're checking things out out in the east, um, northeast. I never get to say that. I've been east before, but not never um, to New York. So... I'm super excited. My first time going. Isha's been like, I don't know, 10 times. Um, I know. It feels like it. In the past year and a half, it's been twice. Um, And then I was here. I mean, I was there 2005. Yeah. So three times. So I feel like a little more seasoned. Feel like, oh, I can go there and hit the ground running and not feel like, shoot, I don't know where I am. Yeah. So that's part of it will be a good feeling. The one thing that we're doing together that we've never done before is Airbnb. Yes. Um, I've never ever stayed at an Airbnb, but I know of them. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to check it out. I'm not, you know, I've stayed at hotels before, so I know this is a little different, but mm-hmm. um, should be a little more homey and um, 
kind of pretend that it's our little studio. Yeah. Up in the Upper West, upper west Side, right? Upper, upper East Side? Yeah, we were going to do the West Side, but I, we switched it because we didn't want to have to share an entire apartment with, with somebody else. We thought, oh, if we could just get the keys and then the place is pretty much ours for a week. And that's, that's, and that's pretty much what I was envisioning from the beginning. Yeah. Because... Um, and I think that might even be better than a hotel, to be honest with you. It'll just have a more, I don't know what you want to call it, genuine or comfortable experience. It's like, oh, it's like we're, it's almost like we're living here, but we're yeah. not. Yeah. So in that way, and I, that was my first experience there actually was before Airbnb craigslist back in the day you could rent rooms from people through craigslist um and it probably wasn't the safest thing to do but i was very lucky and i found someone who had a second bedroom who was renting out her second room to you know it was pretty much what airbnb is now (laughs) which is more diy and it was like something crazy like 50 bucks a night and I, it was in what is now like a premier neighborhood in New York, which is the East Village. And it's, it was perfect. I mean, it was close to everything. It was easy to, you know, walk to the train, which is what we're going to be doing. Something very similar, staying in somebody's place and just having access to everything that we just need. Just paying like three times as much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a hotel would probably be a lot more expensive. Oh, yeah. Not complaining. <laughs> Not complaining. It's just, you know, the difference between, what, 10 years ago? Yeah. Years oh, ago. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like 50 bucks a night. Yeah. So now it was, what, like 100? 110. Yeah. 120 something. Yeah. So a little bit more. But <sighs> it'll be worth it. I mean, yeah. we're going to be in a good neighborhood. I'm excited. And, um,. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting adventure, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least our first day. <laughs> I think getting there is the hardest part. Um, making sure that the place is legit. There's also that barrier. Like I had that when I was in Austin. I was kind of, we were kind of terrified. Like, oh my God, is it real? <laughs> like, yeah. Even though there's like pictures, like you don't really know till you're physically there. Like, oh, this is legit. This is like, nice, yeah. This is actually happening. So, Yeah. <laughs> wish, wish us luck everybody yeah wish us luck um but if not i mean we know people out there so it's not that big of a deal yeah. even if it did happen we'd be fine yeah we'd just, just stay in central, central park, park yeah <laughs> i like how we both thought about that yeah make, Almost uh, people do it, so. make friends over there yeah. and then sue airbnb for every cent they have which <laughs> is a lot of money by the way yeah they're making they're some bucks yeah but um, I wouldn't put it past that. <laughs> I liked it. I mean, I've had bad experiences. I've had really good experiences. Um, when I stayed in Portland, I stayed in a really terrible place, and then I stayed in a really great place. So it just, I think it just takes some a t- couple times to like get the hang of it. So I feel like okay, I have it now. Yeah, it's down to a science. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm really excited. Me too. And the Yay. weather's gonna be perfect. And there's always stuff to do, and there's always good food. Apparently, where we're staying, there's a lot of... We're never going to be hungry, pretty much. There's a lot of restaurants. Lots of cool things to check out. And uh, so anyways, no, it's just good to... It's good to be back. It felt kind of... 
I was getting used to like not being here, which is weird because it's usually like, fuck, like we got to go back. Yeah. <laughs> got to like go back s- to our roots. <laughs> it's our safe haven. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's just good to be back in the swing of things. And we went to a couple of shows. We went to one last night. Yes. Um, the specials was pretty amazing. It was um, so good. And um, that one was kind of in our books because we hadn't s- seen them in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And it's like the war field. It's so easy to get to. It's so it's accessible. so much fun. There's so much fun. And they just, all their songs, like I never, some bands I'm like, well, I've already seen them. Like we were talking about the selector and I was like, I'd love to see them, but it's, but it's not like a priority. It's not like an ideal situation, but I think in terms of ska bands, I'd say the specials was probably my favorite. Cause every time I hear their songs, I'm like, wow, that's like a fucking anthem, yeah. like for any generation. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that they inspired a lot of bands that we grew up listening to, no doubt, Rancid, Operation Ivy. Um, you know, and even some uh, bands that we've interviewed have said that they're influenced by them. So it's and I like how they dedicated a message to Rudy to Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> was like, yeah, that was like that's a nice touch, you guys. Because I mean, it's I, I forgot who it was that was. Um, it's uh, Chris Rock was saying this about comedy, how like mm-hmm. if you're in a city, you know, you want to relate to the people and you want to get people riled up by saying something referencing what's happening. And I guess they do that with countries, too. You know, if something's going on in that country. They'll say something about, you know, political or something that would get people riled up. And, and that was just so perfect for us, you know, and like he was saying stuff like I'm going to move to San Francisco and. You know, or um, the other guy was. I don't know. I don't know their names. Uh, Remember, he's like, oh, oh Rudy Giuliani. No, right. the singer, the black guy. Oh yeah, I forgot he's his like, oh, name. Oh, to San Francisco, and then yeah. the other guys just saying really random shit. You know, uh, and just Terry like, Hall. yeah, <laughs> it's just like, but it <laughs> makes things fun. Yeah, <laughs> it makes so it it makes things more special, I guess. Yeah, in a way. The usual suspects, man. Yeah, this yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's just so random. He but said things to get our attention. Maybe it's to get people's attention. Yeah, his, it totally is. I have to say, like, even though we were kind of fighting to see him perform, he didn't really move around too much. Like, no. he doesn't have any like signature moves. Not like last moves. time we saw them. Yeah. But um, he, I feel like he would say things like that to provoke us, to yeah. keep us interested in yeah. what's going on. Um, but I just think it's interesting. Like people are like, "Oh, like that band's been around forever," but it's like, but the music is still relevant. Relevant, exactly. Um, unfortunately, it's still uh, it's the same situations that we were going through. You know what? Thirty years ago. Yeah, nineteen seventy-eight. They had um, in England, or yeah, they were having issues with. Um, the, it's, it was called the National Front, which was kind of a Nazi related um, political party in Britain at the time and there was a lot of tension um, between the Caribbean people who were immigrating there or already living there who happened to be of Caribbean descent and yeah so it's it's kind of like I guess similar to what's going on now so there definitely are parallels but at least 
I mean, maybe there are people who are singing about it, but I feel like nobody's really like coming forward and being like, in terms of music, but I see people like um, Colin Kaepernick is kind of, you know, making a stance, but musically. Oh, and it's taking so much shit for it. Yeah. Um, but musically, th- honestly, the only band that I've seen stand up is Prophets of Rage because... It was just built on that. Yeah, yeah. Rage Against the Machine, Public Enemy, um, you know, Cypress Hill. Those are some familiar names from 20... I mean, it's been 20 years, yeah. but they're still, like, at it. And they're kind of right when they say nobody's really, like, saying something. Nobody's really, like, standing for anything, but we're, you know... We're trying to do that. We're trying to set that that president again, yeah. you know, 20 years later. So I kind of sympathize with that and think that's kind of an interesting. It's an it's admiring for sure. Yeah, it's very very interesting. And that was that was a fucking good show too. Yeah. <laughs> that was a that was a trek to get to Mountain View, but it was definitely worth it. Um, I felt like I was kind of seeing three bands. <laughs> for the price of one but I also saw AWOL Nation which didn't really impress me but yeah. um, you know it was $25 and we kind of could just do our own thing we were on the grass so it wasn't right. like we were in the pit like we were last night but it was still fun like I still f- there's something about seeing the music live that is kind of like medicine for my soul (laughs) (laughs) so I was like oh so close (laughs) so close to rage so close to Cypress Hill even though it's it's different I think Cypress Hill was here a couple years ago now I'm like fuck I should have gone to see them because even though I'm not a chola I would have been like yes I would have been like in there with them because you know their music you know we grew up listening to them so I grew up like a chola yeah you grew up what they're from Cypress Hill's in LA I'm assuming yeah yeah uh, East LA or South Central. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's still relatable. And then, um, yeah, and then the specials is like, and bands like, um, I want to say English Beats, you know, those were really popular Madness. back in the 80s, early yep. 80s. And then the 90s was kind of, there was a revival there. And then now it's more just like, oh, like certain certain people listen to that that kind of music. But um, I still love it. You know, high energy. Stop calling us. Stop calling us. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was, it was a good couple weeks there. And then I went, to, I went to Vegas for a couple days. So there was that. What else happened? Oh, I went to Austin. Yeah, I did. I was traveling a lot. We, you were gone for most of the month, I think, or most of the weekends. That's true. And oh yeah, and then if and I then last year, I mean last week we had a birthday. We were at a friend's birthday last week. We went mm-hmm. to one of our uh, neighborhood bars near Knob Hill. Down yeah, lower Knob, close to Polk Street, but not quite. It's kind of like more residential that area, but it's not far from. Yeah, it's not far oh. from all that partying. But we like it. Yeah one of our spots now mm. <laughs> we don't have as many spots as no, we, we used have to. P- we, we have pig and whistle still i still like pig and whistle a lot and uh fly we used to have we used to go to tempest but that's kind of been taken over by techs techies are like they go bonkers over that place um, we were kind of into it for a minute and then well, because it wasn't you know it would it would get crowded it was kind of bro a little bit they did have the whole sports Not 
thing but going not, on. not when we were going when we were going it was just like i mean it was kind of hipsterish yeah i get that but it wasn't like it was like one of those divey bars that you would go to when you're like eh, i don't want to spend a lot of money because they have you know the five dollar deal i remember i was like that's that's the place that i want to go to when, when yeah when you didn't have you don't want to spend a lot of money you wanted to get shit face that's where you would go but every time we the last few times we tried to go a few years back it was just like fucking crowded and it was like and we're not we're trying to like we're trying to be chill we're not trying to party there you go when we drink we don't like woo. we just kind of (sighs) like that's us it's a way to we want to decompress yeah i think that's and it's it's gotten and it's really small so it's it's not meant to hold that many people and obviously you know it's making it really uncomfortable so we just stopped going all together but that used to be one of our spots and we used to go to asiento a lot right which one asiento right across the street that one I feel like has was never. I mean, it's close to the station, but and they have good drinks, but it's never. It's not really our, our scene. S- our scene. It's very like, I mean, I'm getting close to that age that it's supposed to be appropriate for, but I still don't feel comfortable. Yeah, it feels kind of not us, right? Yeah. But I wouldn't mind like going there. Yeah. Like maybe in a couple when we come back we can go. Yeah. When we have money. <laughs> I know. Because we're gonna go broke. I don't think you realize <laughs> how much we're gonna be eating Spending. out. And I know. You know, like buying I don't know what we're gonna be buying, but you know We will find stuff. Believe yeah, you I'm me. Sure. That's what I was gonna tell you. I was gonna be like, we should go to I think it's Greenwich Village and then the East Village and get ideas from like secondhand shops. Mm-hmm. Not like for going Halloween. Crazy. Yeah. I thought that would be kind of fun. So you're thinking about dressing up as um, Amy. Amy Who? Winehouse. Amy Winehouse. Mm-hmm. And I have seen those tattoos. And they even saw, like, the... It's kind of, like, tights, but it's uh, a sleeve. Mm-hmm. And it has the uh, made tattoos, so you don't have to stick them on. Oh, really? I kind of want to stick them on, though. Okay. Just to fuck with people. Um, <laughs> well, it looks realistic. Oh, does it? It looks more realistic, too, because you buy the same skin color, and, like, uh, you kind of... And everybody has the, the tattoos in the right spot, and you just kind of slide them in. Gotcha. But, um... I don't know. I was going to dress up as Wednesday Adams, but I feel like it's such a everybody's doing it now cuz it's com- it's kind of getting a revival all those shows like um From the Adams family 60s. and the the monster. I mean the monster's always been a staple of Halloween, yeah. but um I love both of those shows. Yeah. I don't know what was wrong with me. Hocus Pocus too. Oh, I never seen Hocus Pocus, but I know it's pretty popular. I've never seen so it. It's so good. I know. I wonder I if it's on when Netflix. it came out. Oh, really? It might be. Um, what's her face was in it when she was really young? Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker, and then the girl. She never really became famous, but she was kind of a popular child actress. She plays the little girl um, in Hocus Pocus. God, I forgot her name. She was in like Monkey Business. She was like the same age as me, like maybe a couple years older. I forgot her name. I'll have to look it up. Christina Rishi? <laughs> yeah, Christina. <laughs> she was from Casper. Yeah. Oh, my Wait, God. Wait, she was Wednesday Adams. Oh, yep. Okay. She was in the movies, yeah. Yeah. The films. She did a really good job. <laughs> anyway, we should probably get back to the music. Back to the music. Uh, Falcon Wong is going to be here. He just texted me. I guess I didn't tell him that it was going to be a face-to-face interview, but I think he lives close by. <laughs> So hopefully he'll be here soon. <laughs> he was like, um, 
No, he said he's going to physically be here, so that's all that matters. We always prefer to have a physical... It's. I mean, the phone interviews are okay, but I always like it when somebody's like physically here in the studio. It just has a more genuine like feel yeah. to it, right? Yeah. Plus, we haven't done it for a while, so we'll be, be here. Good. <laughs> and I don't know what's going on. The stupid account won't let me log in. Well, in the meantime, I have a story if you want to keep yeah. trying, or you could Google something. Yeah, I have a story. Um, I think it's a new project that Michael Winterbottom, he's a, oh, okay, have a story. He's an English uh, film director, and he's famous for directing 24-hour party people, which was kind of um, like a, a trend-setting movie about factory records, um, how um, the Manchester music scene pretty much took off starting in the late 70s up until today but the two main bands focused in that movie were Joy Division um, and Happy Mondays but also a lot of the events uh, theories or conspiracy theories if you will surrounding those two bands and their their um, their rise and falls if you will and then I got to meet Paul Ryder from the Happy Mondays I literally thought I had smoked PCP I was like this is not this is not real <laughs> My friend Aaron is having a smoke with Paul Ryder, and then we were sitting next to him, and then um, Chris from the Buzzcocks, like, he had the biggest eyes. He was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, this night can't get any stranger, but it did. And that was pretty, that was pretty interesting. Um, that was a couple of months ago. But anyways, I don't know where the story is that I keep talking about. Oh, here it is. Wolves and Winter Bottom. And this is in the latest version of The Enemy. Uh, director Michael Winterbottom's ace new film, On the Road, mixes a fictional love story that uses a real Wolf Alice tour as the backdrop. He and singer El Razel discuss... Um, I'd seen 24-Hour Party People and another film of his, his called Nine Songs, which is similar to On the Road, because it's a love story with music bits interspersed. He's a quintessential British filmmaker and really highly respected, so it was great to work with him. We met him last year, and he told us his idea about doing a film based on our spring 2016 tour we were into it because it's not really about us we're more like the set it was really fly on the wall so michael was good at not being too in our faces you got used to the cameras being there a bit although they just wanted us to do what we usually do so it was quite easy having actors on tour was weird but they really got into the roles with joe um, played by James McArdle, we sort of forgot he was an actor because he was meant to be part of the crew and was doing all the stuff our crew do. We all hung out together even when they weren't filming. It was fun. It didn't make the tour more difficult. It was just more people around. The more the merrier on tour. If anything, it made it more special having the cameras there capturing it. Uh, Michael Winterbottom... Um, on the legends that are Wolf Alice. The very beginning of the film was ages ago. We'd done 24-hour party people, and we met we met up with the band Ash in a bar in York. They were telling us their life, and it seemed to be endlessly on the road. <laughs> it sounded like a really great way to live, and in another way, really horrible. We started thinking in November last year, let's make it now, which is when we met the band. Wolf Alice just seemed like the perfect band. We wanted one who were on the road all the time. 
Also, their music is the sort that I personally like and is part of a classic tradition of British music. They're great live, too. Coincidentally, I used to live next door to Theo, the bassist, and knew his parents very well. And my daughter went to school with Ellie, so there were lots of things, little things that brought us together. The idea was to see what it's like to be on the road from the point of view of the people who are in the crew. So even though we were traveling around with the band and living on the bus with them, we didn't really see much of them. It was horrific. I realized after two days, basically the worst form of camping. Touring is basically the worst form of camping. <laughs> it's an incredibly hard life. You've got to really want to be in a band or be involved in the music. The band are in their 20s, but the crew are 50, so that's even more impressive. And the f um, On the Road is premiering at the London Film Festival on Sunday, October 9th at the BFI South Bank. And there's a link to the tickets. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Sorry, I'm like I'm debating whether I should read this story, but I think I'm going to because I think it's important. But I'm not going to read the interview. There's like an interview part of this um, mm -hmm. story out of Noisy by Vice. Oh, advertisement. Okay, this is uh, MIA has scores to settle. Oh. Quoting: I'm sick of being told to shut up and just talk about my own experience. Matangi Maya Arupragasam says this is her last album. She says she's tired of fighting with the world, tired of being an ag agitator. A few months ago, she was telling people her new record, AIM, was going to be more personal, less aggressive. And she was telling them af that after years of making music about struggle, she's fed up with struggling. She's made an album that's more personal, and now it's done. Period. Uh, that seems like something of a surprising life choice for an artist that has spent 15 years being celebrated with her fierce activism, visual motifs, and outspoken uh, views. There is an old adage that Noel Gallagher should sell his interviews and give his albums away for free. And while MIA makes much better records than the high-flying birds, there have been better times when you sense she might have benefited from that business plan. She has covered just about every relevant print publication in the world, providing provocative quotes that try to reframe some of the biggest debates of the modern era around terrorism, security, immigration, and activism, often challenging dominant Western na narratives, even her best-known musical performances on stage with Kanye West at the VMAs, with mm -hmm. the Baby Bump, mm -hmm. Flippin' the Bird at the Super Bowl with Madonna, have become iconic pop culture riffs, subverting uh, the idea that a big female pop star should be. Um, what a big female pop star should be. She has also come a cropper against with the uh, vestiges... Uh, some words on here I can't even <laughs> fucking read although she's criticized or irked she's barred from entering the US despite her ex-husband living there and their child regularly visiting his father she's found herself in lawsuits with both the NFL and Paris St. Germain football club and has been accused of being a terrorist by everyone from rappers in her home country of Sri Lanka to Fox News which is not surprising you can see why she's had enough why the simple life might start to appeal, appeal to her. So I thought, as I walked to meet her at the hotel in Sturge Shoreditch, 
Shoreditch. Yeah. In England. England. That's the shot we're going to have, a sort of retrospective about highs and lows of her past decade, about why she's taking a back seat, about her new record, which seems to shy away from provocation with her dad jokes and bombast on freedom and tracks she recorded with Cyan Malik, for example. She raps, I'm swagger man rolling in my swagger van from the People's Republic of Swaggerstan. Mm-hmm. I thought we talk about how she became what she wa- what she said she was always wanted to be a global pop star, borderless, countryless, known across the world. And you can read the rest of the interview. I'm not gonna read it because it's like that's a hell of a lot more interesting than what Beyonce is doing, <laughs> for real. Uh, but you can read the interview with Mia, also known as Maya. No, I'm going to say it right. Okay, for all the marvels. Matangi Maya Arupragasam of Sri Lanka. And you can read that again on noisy.com or noisy.vice.com. say the last time that she performed here, I'll never forget it, because I was still working at... Going in style. This was like 2008, 2009, and I think my coworker went to see her. It's been ten years. Wow. Ten years, and you re- just reading that—not even the interview. I just feel terrible for her. Yeah. It's like God. She's been through the. Because she wasn't allowed to like enter the country for a while too. Yeah. Maybe she has been here since then. Oh wait, she was. She was at um, BF. I think she was at Rock the Bells, or I take that back. But that was like a festival. I'm talking about like an actual where she's actually headlining her own show. Yeah. That I think is the last time it was this um, exhibition center um, in Soma. And I think my I was still kind of getting into her music, but she was really popular back then. That was like 2000 when um, Paper Planes came out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that would be so cool to see her. But I guess I'll see her next time. And then now it's been like <laughs> 10 years. So if she ever comes to the Bay Area, just saying, <laughs> I might, might go to see her. Yeah. But I've I've tried to get into some of her, her newer stuff, and it didn't really resonate, click with me. But I love um, her first two albums are pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I think that's the general feeling with her. And most people that I know that um, were a fan of hers. Mm. But I do like all her, you know, she's provocative and she kind of raises an eyebrow. Like, she makes people raise an eyebrow and kind of like, but it makes you talk about what's going on, you know, as an activist. I think that's important. As an artist, I think that's mm -hmm. important. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was interesting. The person I'm interested to read that interview because he was. Why was he comparing her to Noel Ga- Gallagher? Because Gallagher. because Noel Gallagher said that he should sell interviews and give his music for free because everybody wants to interview him. Uh, but he's saying, well, she makes fucking way more interesting music than High Flying Birds, <laughs> <laughs> which is true. I'll send you the link. That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, good for her. But. That would be awesome to see, to see her. Do well, this things. is going to be your last chance because apparently she's not going to be doing music for too long. No. Um, oh, did she say? Oh, I'll have to read the interview. I'll read. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of live shows, the uh, biggest festival in the UK, Glastonbury. 
they're thinking, oh, excuse me, they're thinking of relocating it. Um, earlier this year, Glastonbury head honcho Michael Evis said he wanted to move the festival to a new site in 2019, not that far away. He wants more space in the land the pyramid stage sits on isn't owned by Evis, so in all, all in all, it's a logistical nightmare. Evis's plan was to move to Longleat, a 9,000-acre estate in Wiltshire, ruled over by the Mark <laughs> Marcus of Bath, excuse me, <laughs> an eccentric millionaire known for his love of velvety capes <laughs> and collection of 75 adoring women known as wifeless. Oh, my God. <laughs> Posh people... Eh, but no one can no can do because of a disagreement in the Longleat camp. It probably won't happen anymore, said Evis. Lord Bath is really keen. I went to him because I knew him when he was a boy, but he and his son aren't agreeing, and they don't speak very much, so it's hard to make decisions. So where else could Glasto go? We have some ideas. Fleet services... If you drive to Glastow on the regs from anywhere north of the site, you will already be well aware of the joys of fleet services. There's always a party vibe at fleet with people stocking up on booze and using the last real-life toilets they'll see for four days. <laughs> There's a cool wooded area, too, which if the festival were to move there, we can totally imagine a stage being set up in. And you could have Subway and KFC for every meal. Sounds dreamy, no? <laughs> Stonehenge. Want vibes? Stonehenge has vibes. It's nearish to Worthy Farm and already has a decent history of staging events. The Stonehenge Free Festival was held at the ancient monument from 1974 to 1984. Oh, I didn't know that. Until the police got a little too rowdy. Instead of the pyramid stage, bands could just set up in the middle of the stones. <laughs> that sounds pretty intense. I watched that. Yeah. Uh, Heaton Park. Why not move Glastonbury to Manchester? Manchester's Heaton Park has already hosted the Pope. 100,000 people turned up to see John Paul II do a Mass in 1982. Oasis and the Stone Roses and Park Life Festival. The local weather, rain, always, will be familiar to anyone who's ever sprung a leak in their wellies at 3 a.m. in Shangri-La. Um, the Lake District, ooh. At 583,747 acres, the Lake District is England's largest national park. We're, we're talking vast areas of extreme natural beauty, lots of adorable little uh, bed and breakfasts, and the finest venison you'll ever taste. Venison is dear. It's the perfect setting for five days of rock and roll carnage. I kind of like that idea. I imagine the Lake District like what it looked like in Pride and Prejudice. Just like... I can imagine that hippie. <laughs> <laughs> like that would be a good backdrop, but then it would destroy nature. Yeah. So. Well, this happens at Golden Gate every year. Um, <sighs> I have the... These problematic music videos are so lucky they came out before Twitter was a thing. Problematic. <laughs> All your favorite bangers ruined. Uh, this article originally appeared on Noisy UK. Right now I'm reading it at noisy.vice.com. Imagine for a hot second that Taylor Swift released Shake It Off in 1992. How would it have gone down? Would someone have read an article at the Times about racial appropriation? Would there have been a letter-writing campaign to Taylor about the subtle difference between cliché or a stereotype? I mean, in a stereotype? Or would it have provoked a lot of 12-year-olds to start wearing animal print crop 
uh, bomber jackets and loads of fake bling. Things were different back then, weren't they, in 1992? Old dudes could sing about their dicks in a room full of children without question. Bands could write songs about wanting to bone underage girls to critical acclaim. And Gwen Stefani could stay super kawaii, continuing the ongoing (laughs) (laughs) minstrel show that her karaoke girl fetish. And everyone would respond by gluing bindis to their foreheads like she did and I'm just a girl. Now that we live in a time where where two female pop stars can't make a song about how buff they are without being uh, labeled a disgrace to feminism, it's easy to forget how many artists narrowly escape the digital uh, flogging because of their problematic hashtag problematic thing was before social media existed. Mm. Here are a small number of those artists that the public shaming misfortune they escape only by the good fortune of Twitter not being invented into 2006. Ah! Thank God. The Beatles. I saw her standing there. Yo, what up? It's ya boys. The Beatles. (laughs) Here are the most inappropriate piece of music since Bill Cosby's improv album featuring the tracks What Do You Think About Licking My my Chicken? And what's That's How I Met Your Mother. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's fucked up there's not even any insidious metaphors uh, here though just a straight up on the nose proclamation of wanting to bang a teenager when your opening gambit is well she was just 17 you know what I mean (laughs) Uh, there's pretty much no path you can go down and won't end in the police blockade of the words hi I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC in 2004, Rolling Stone wrecked. I saw her standing there at 139th of their um, of their list of the 500 greatest songs of all time in 2015. Lolita would probably have ended with uh, Humbert Hubert on trial for sexual harassment, pointing these lyrics as evidence for her innocence. Oh the Osprey and Pretty Fire for a White Guy. Mm. I feel like the Osprey's intention here was to mock white guys who adopt to black culture by portraying a caricature of skinny white nerd who fails miserably at being um, a caricature of hip hop. But that's probably being a bit too kind when you consider that A, it rolls out pretty much every racial stereotype in the book along the way. B, the video only portrays women of color as vessels of lust for white men. And C, they hired a female vocalist to sing the sexually suggestive bit of of the chorus in the Latino accent. Uh, Britney Spears, Hit Me One More Time. Uh, Symphony of Teenage Lust, Hit Me Baby One More Time, a celebrated Britney from the ranks of Mickey Mouse Club to the poster girl of the pop, essentially condescending Miley Cyrus' entire career to date into one year. But because this was her first single, she's graphically her way like a boss around school campus in bunches of knee-high socks. And she was just 16 at the time. There's a Sophia Grace type of argument to be here in terms of what's actually being sold to us. And this, A, a 16-year-old Britney unequivocally owning her shit, or is this B, a 16-year-old Britney uh, being a singing, dancing American apparel advert, whose entire image is based on the exploitation of the Catholic schoolgirl fantasy, and a Lolita-style over-sexualized of teenage girls. Uh, comment is free. If Britney came out today, there would be a war on the twink pieces so brutal that endless... And it would go until there was nothing left in Britain but thre- threadbare fingers of overworked vagenda? Vagenda writers? What's vagenda? Oh, Britain. 
For what it's worth, 2015, Brittany, uh, Brittany said this is in response to parental criticism at the time. Me showing my belly? I'm from the South. You're stupid if you don't wear shorts and a bra when you go to dance class. You're going to be sweating your butt off. <laughs> Anyway, there's a yes. whole list of songs that came out in the 90s that would probably be tear to pieces if Twitter existed back then. Yeah. It's so funny how the pack girls in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's true because it was like the only opinions you could really get were from like MTV or very, you know, very specific avenues. Yeah, it wouldn't be from like the general public. You, like you wouldn't be able to get your word out there unless you wrote a letter and the people at that magazine thought. Or if you had access to college radio or form, yeah, and if they like thought this. it was funny enough to be published, then you know they publish your letter. But it's nothing like like what you could do now with the internet, you know. Yeah. So that's interesting. There's almost too many opinions out there, in my opinion. <laughs> Good thing we have a radio show where, you know, it actually matters what we say. Yeah, Just kidding. people actually listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> what um, what website was that article? That's from, from noisy.vice.com. And um, the article on MIA, if you're interested in reading the interview, is yeah. also from the same website. Okay. And it's, um, it's recent. It's like the past two days. I just scrolled a little bit. Cool. Well, I'm going to definitely check that one out. Yeah, for sure. Well, without further ado, Falcon Wong is here. Thanks for joining us. Hello, guys. I'm glad that you live in the neighborhood. Because yeah. <laughs> awesome. apparently he was calling us and we didn't pick up the phone because I told him oh, that we don't. That pick, was you. Sorry. We don't pick up because some strange lady, lady comes and calls us and every talks day. about her her cooch. <laughs> she talks about it on the air and we're like it was funny like in the beginning but when you talk about it for like an extended amount of you're time you're taking away time from our guest from our <laughs> very important guest here so how are you doing today i'm great this is uh this is an interesting place actually i I'll, I, I came by here walked, and then like it's a totally different neighborhood than, than the one i'm in. just oh. very short from here actually. yeah do you live in the mission or uh it's close by South of Mark. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not too. That's actually <laughs> pretty yeah, much like a couple blocks. From yeah, there. yeah. So when we tell people we're like we're in the Mission, but we're kind of on the border between Mission and Petrero, but then Soma's like literally like a ten or fifteen minute bus ride, so it's pretty convenient. You yeah. can move that closer. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you sure. can just pull it. There you go. So tell us a little about yourself and um, the project that you're currently working on. It sounds like it's it's coming along, right? Oh, uh, well, so I just finished my first album uh, like a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. and uh, I was working on that over the like past uh, four months or so. Mm -hmm. um, that was my goal uh, to finish each each of the song in a very short time. So I have a full-time job as a software engineer, um, machine learning engineer. Whatever that means is not really important. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> but, matter. Uh, That's how I yeah, feel. Yeah, so I just spent my weekend uh, doing uh, each of the songs, and, and uh, I only take two days out of the week per song. And uh, that was quite a challenge, and uh, I learned a lot from that. And uh, I, I'm not really working on any newer projects right now because uh, I'm currently focused on um, some, some business ideas that I have. And oh, I just want to work on that. Wow, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, are you planning on releasing like an album or putting some material out there? It sounds like you have a CD baby or yep. Uh, 
So that, that album is already out, and uh, you guys can check it out and, uh, on Facebook, Twitter, uh, um, uh, SoundCloud, mm-hmm. and even on New, Newgrounds, if, if you know what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you can listen to them for free, but you can also buy them on CD Baby if you want. Uh, just go to falconmusic.com. Uh, that's F-A-L-L-K-E-N music.com. And then you will find all those links. Is that name a play on your own name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I get what he's that's, doing there. That's very, very smart. <laughs> I don't know. Um, in German, uh, uh, Falke, F-A-L-K-E, is, it means falcon. So like it's spelled sort of the same way. Oh, and yeah. I thought like the, the two letters, F uh-huh. and K, like uh, I just put it there, and it's like just like fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was People fiddling out. the blanks. Yeah. <laughs> it's her. That's amazing. And how long have you been pursuing music as a hobby? So um, I, ever since middle school, I've been like joining band and stuff, and I I think I've been writing since then, sort of like you know on and off, like kind of playing with uh, different sounds and you know putting music software. Uh, things like that and uh, as time progresses like it's still just a hobby so I I, I didn't learn quite that fast enough Um, compared to some of my friends who are pretty uh, you know focused on on this art Mm -hmm. Um, seasoned veterans (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's awesome and when you're making music is it more of a solo project or do you collaborate with other musicians or how does that work so I do want to collaborate with other people, uh, but in terms of the mixing, it's uh, it's usually all by myself. Uh, uh, I went to school at uh, UCSC and I, I met some people there, and you know, ended up finding a, a girl to sing one of my songs. So it's oh, it's nice. actually in the album. If you guys want to hear it, yes, uh, <laughs> we have the album. <laughs> yeah. D- oh, did you did you bring it in, Benny? Um, it's on SoundCloud oh, okay. for sure. Cool. You, you can. And um, that's awesome. And do you plan on performing these live at some point? Um, I honestly don't know because uh, if I'm given the opportunity to, that'll be great. Oh, actually, I've been uh, after finishing this album, mm-hmm. I've been taking some singing lessons. So hopefully, I'll, I'll get better at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, at some point, yeah, maybe in the future, yes. I will do that. And um, where do you envision yourself performing? Would it be like at a cafe or a place like this? What do you think would be the best, the best venue for your, um, t- your style of music? My, I honestly go with a very different style depending on like the setting. So I, I think I, I could find occasions where I can do a- any of them. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think what would be good is, is more like a jazzy type even though like what I made was like EDM so uh, <laughs> <laughs> that might be an interesting fuse <clears throat> yeah yeah so it, so some some of it's R&B some of it's EDM and uh, there is some ballad too uh, so currently I'm, I'm learning to sing like pop music that's that's why I said like maybe a more jazzy uh, environment and uh, I think yeah is that how you would describe your music more electronic based oh i don't know music genres is is kind of an um overstatement mm-hmm. because like it, it it's kind of like putting everyone in a different box yes. and just saying oh you're making this kind of music and that's how it's supposed to sound like right and therefore when you make music it's, it's 
going to be unoriginal like from the start so you you don't want to put yourself in a box i think that's a that's, that's awesome. a good way to that's great yeah. and um if you are going to work on new music do you think you would what would you do differently moving forward based on what you've done in the past so i haven't done any more uh any instrumental stuff i want to get into that yeah if and i can find more people mm-hmm. with uh similar skills and uh you know they play different instruments maybe join a band or something that would be cool it's yes yeah. do it <laughs> we love hearing about um new projects from people that we've we've interviewed over the years mm-hmm. we have a lot of it's just interesting to see how it develops over the years too i'm just noticing how dark it is in here this hasn't uh, happened yeah it's because it's not summer anymore what <laughs> usually we don't turn on the lights till we leave but it gets not, really not hot in here, here. Yeah. and we never turn on the fan unless we absolutely have to <laughs> i've been turning it in every every time we come in now yeah because it's like <laughs> is this your first time at mutiny radio yeah awesome What's I actually found you guys on Craigslist, and I was like, oh, wow. It's a very interesting <laughs> place to find, like, radio. Guess how I found this place. Okay. <laughs> That's how I found this place, yeah. on Craigslist. Craigslist used to be... I mean, it still is pretty cool, but now it's a little more dangerous. Yeah. But, you know, like it used to be, like, like, you know, how you made connections back then. Yeah, I was like, oh, because we used to have a cafe, which was in that... Er- a coffee place to make coffee over there yeah and then yeah people would come in off the street buy coffee listen to ch- some chit chat <laughs> some lab music i mean we pretty much do the same thing but it's more comedy centered yeah which is fine i want to say we'll stick yeah. to the music we st- we provide the music yeah. y'all. somebody else can provide the jokes yeah not me well i have a few few jokes <laughs> a few good ones gonna ask which song shall we play i think i have found some of your oh, music because you yeah. i'm so savvy that way um you, you can play them in order if you like um, okay. yeah awesome. that's the way it's intended to all right we're gonna listen to some of falcon <laughs> stay tuned for more mutiny radio Thank you. 
Oh, that's awesome. And um, yeah, that's really cool. There's a lot of startups. Is it in Soma, too? Very awesome. That's convenient. I, um, I work for a software company also in, on um, 3rd and Folsom. I know we're on the air. We're talking about work. <laughs> it's called Riverbed Technology. It's in that big glass building next to... Um, uh, Moscone Center. Yeah, and they just, they've only been in that building for like a year now, I think, or two years maybe. So it's still pretty new, but it's it's an incredible building. I love it. <laughs> well, I'm going to be living there the next like week or so. So that's going to be interesting. Like, I'm not going to be, yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to be going anywhere on Friday. But, um, but anyways, let's talk. Let's talk about your music. Still playing music. Um, so tell us a little bit about that song that we just heard. Um, that was um, The Police, right? Yes. Yeah. That song, it's just um, an ongoing ch- like chant in my head. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm the police, motherfucker. Like, just keep <laughs> repeating in my head, like, over and over. I was like, I have to make it a song, so oh, <laughs> so I did. And but I'm not black. I try to rap, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least you're trying. <laughs> That's all that matters. And it's relatable. Yeah. Oh, dude, and this song. Oh my god, like I couldn't find someone to sing for me for the girl part, <laughs> so I just sang that part like completely on my own. Wow. Well, Impressive. you can use like technology to manipulate, right? So it's like a female could sound female. I don't know if it sounds anything like that. I just. <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> I mean, like, maybe this is, like, not the final version. I don't know if yeah. I want someone to do, do that part. You can totally do whatever you yeah. want. But my Remix. voice teachers say that it's, like, uh, this is, I'm a counter uh, tenor or something. So that means, like, I can sing girl's voice. But still doesn't sound <laughs> like a girl, honestly. I like that interpretation. It's like that androgynous. Can yeah. I can sing like a girl, damn it. Don't judge me. <laughs> hey, that could work to your benefit. You can make some serious dough that way. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Jackson did. Just I know, right? Lots of, <clears throat> lots of fa- famous people. Um, what song? Sh- uh, should we listen to another song? Yeah, of course. Um, I'll let you choose you can Actually, do you want to use my phone sure. so you can play them in order? This is interesting. I had SoundCloud on my phone, but I think I deleted it. Uh, the other one, yeah. I, um, I usually I use Bandcamp, but... So we're going to listen to Got You next. Whoops. I don't know what that happened. Your phone is magical compared to mine. It's like the unknown is right in front of you. (laughs) 
Falcon said that was the end, so we believed him. I think it was already fading. Good for you. You have good timing. Um, obviously, I do not. But uh, tell us a little bit about that track. I'll let you fade next time, actually. Sorry. That's um, okay. Anyways, uh, this song was um, was done like in one day, and it was like, yeah. No, actually, let me t- let me tell you what. Um, all of these songs in the album, I don't really have like a particular uh, uh, meaning or, or anything behind it. It's just like spontaneous, you know. Um, <clears throat> when I make music, I have a I have an idea, and the, so the idea behind this one, it's um, just you know, I got you, you got me. We have each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a simple song. Yeah, and usually uh, all of the songs are just like short ideas like that, just like amplified and like extended to what a song is. And I think uh, it, it, you know, like in uh, uh, what's that artist? Well, anyways, um, uh, oh my god! 
<laughs> You're fine. <laughs> You'll think of it later. Um, where where can we find out more about you? What's the best site to find out more about what you what you're up to um falconmusic.com and facebook and uh, i update all the time if uh when i have an update yeah <laughs> you're not me as friend i, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> you never know it's a good way yeah. to stay connected um have you have you heard feedback from anybody in the internet uh, oh actually uh interesting someone uh, on Newgrounds, I wanted to promote my music like for free, and um, they they put it everywhere, and um, they started like uh, charging people for it and stuff, and like on iTunes and everything. And he said I'll get like the the full royalty and everything, but obviously this guy doesn't know what he's doing because he just like used the default pictures from like a Mac or something, mm-hmm. and then like po- like posted somewhere on like the youtube page and just be like oh yeah like i'll promote this music but like no one listens to it right. <laughs> it's like hard to get the word out it's easy to say something but then actually doing it yeah no, he's trying do. to do something actively yeah sort of and then like I, th- I think he just stopped completely and um he had like three artists like in his channel and stuff he, you know one of those like music labels on youtube like they just have like uh, artists making the videos for the musicians and then so then it becomes an entire video yeah they can make money off of it that way oh, um, okay. by having a lot of different artists coming in and doing it so then you have the whole channel full of music <clears throat> that's what i think he's trying to do but he completely stopped i think after like three people so. <laughs> he was like this is too much work why did i say i was gonna do this <laughs> that's terrible yeah. we have never said that and we will always stick to our guns right yeah, crystal exactly that's why we don't say anything <laughs> we just don't do shows for six weeks at a time yeah <laughs> Shh, nobody knows Shh. that but we're back at it we just won't be here next week yeah <laughs> another hiatus <laughs> no it's um you know, it's tough, especially when you're doing a service for free. It's like, well, what am I getting out of this transaction? But a lot of people that we know through here um, donate their free time to running the board, running the door, yeah. um, booking some free shows so that we can charge for alcohol or something so that we're able to, you know, keep the keep the lights on, keep the electricity <laughs> bill paid and keep the doors open. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm keep us alive you do what you gotta do right to keep keep things happening so where do you see yourself going in the future with your music with my music mm-hmm. um so I, I i told you before but uh it was during when I was, my song was playing uh, i work in a small startup and um uh, my employer actually wants to promote my music in some of the artificial intelligence stuff, so oh. that'll be cool. Um, it kind like we can ride off of each other, and they're uh, they're from like Orange County and stuff, so they like know a lot of people. DJs and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. I don't know about whether or not they know like the musicians and things like that, but uh, in that area, the the circle is pretty small, so That's maybe true. they they know some people who can. It's closer to LA too, so yeah, that can't hurt. <laughs> They're in. Yeah. yeah. Um, what artists or musicians inspired you to play an instrument? Inspired me to play an instrument. Um, so let's talk about what I play. 
I play when I was in school. Um, clarinet, euphonium, and timpani. Those are my three main instruments. <laughs> I like that. <coughs> so yeah, uh, why have I started making electronic music? So before that, I was uh, writing one ensemble music. So it's it's like a lot of different instruments put together. You have like at least 20 or so. Um, and they're all real people playing them, right? So no one is playing for me. And I was only like, like 12, 13, like no, and middle school and high school like no one wants to play your music because they're not professionally written or, or anything like that yeah and no actually i lied they they, they <laughs> did play one of my songs <laughs> reluctantly yeah. uh, so the band played one of my one ensemble song but it takes so much effort to create you know like it, it's it's a more difficult art than uh, edm for sure yeah. Because uh, it's it's not only about like crafting the sound, it's crafting like like a um, a piece of music that other people can interpret it in such a way that will create what the the, the production value. Yeah. Right. So it's like there's the second level you have to consider what people are gonna think and how they want to interpret it uh, in order to make like great music. So that's really hard. All about great music. So, do you have any artists that inspired you to do EDM instead? Um, I wouldn't say so. Actually, would I? I, I mean, like, I just love all, all different kinds of music. Uh, I got into uh, uh, rock for a long time, like when I was in middle school, and uh, uh, eventually that grew into like just like more and more deeper into the abyss of just <sighs> crazy this yeah right <clears throat> and then and then you get to electronic sounds because like the, the crazier you get like all those all the different sounds kind of melt together and and you have like a different world that you don't normally see and um <clears throat> that's where uh all the other stuff like came from uh um you know like hard um like hard style and other stuff like that it's where i um uh, I discovered it from like listening to more hardcore stuff and then hardstyle is an, a form of electronic music right so I branching from that I listened to all other kinds and you know like this just fast world and um, <clears throat> the craziest stuff that I like really enjoy would be something like uh, speedcore or something like that oh, if, wow. yeah but I wouldn't play it here or <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like wait who are you yeah. <laughs> Because I think one of the songs that I heard on your website sounded almost like classical, classical style. Oh, it's a it's a ballad, I think. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's is it the one that I'm, I'm like dancing? Dance with me. Yeah. Something like I that. I mean, it w it just sounded more in instrumental, but it wasn't like what you were just describing. Yeah. EDM. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I didn't picture that, but I only listened to like maybe 30 okay. seconds at the, be the beginning of it. Oh, it's called Ballerina. So ah. that song is inspired by um, me discovering about dancing. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> when I was in uh, second year of college, uh, I started uh, taking interest class uh, for, for dancing. And then like ballet was the first one. And I, I fell in love with it. And I, and ever since I danced a lot, um, um, almost every day for <laughs> like when I was in school. But now I'm working a little less. And when I moved here, uh, different types of dancing are available, and I started doing those. Oh, cool! Which ones are you doing now? <laughs> uh, pole dancing. <laughs> we 
about that. <laughs> Apparently, it's a good form of exercise. Exercise, yeah. Yeah, I love it. You get it, some it's really firm glutes. It's very difficult, and you have to have a lot of strength. But uh, what challenges me were like the orientation, because like I, I already go to gym and and do all that, right? So mm-hmm. uh, the strength wasn't all that. It, it was just like I can't like physically like orient balance? myself. No, it's just like figuring out like how to move from from one move to another position uh, to another to make it eff- look effortless, right? Um, Can you wrap your legs around the pole and then slide down? Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> you gotta teach me how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> He's just interested in a class. I need to lose another ten yeah, pounds, take, but take I'll, I'll hit you up. Yeah. I'll take that class with you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Could learn a few moves. <laughs> That's awesome. And you take it here in the city? Yep. Um, it's in uh, SF Pole and Dance. It's uh, it's like right next to where I live. Just run one street over. Soma? Yeah. What? It's in Soma, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Is there a lot of guys taking the classes? No, I'm I'm usually one of the only guys. Like, uh, pole dancing classes, actually, like, very few people go, just like six, because, like, you don't want too many crowded in a pole. You don't get to practice yeah, you're it and smack each other. Yeah. <laughs> Bam. Yeah. In all the right spots, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess pretty weird. <laughs> that's, that's San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. And um, where did where did you move to San Francisco from? Where did where were you from originally? Um, so I I moved from Campbell area. Okay. Cupertino Campbell area, uh-huh. and I was working in some uh, data analytics company there. Um, <clears throat> before that, I went to school in UCSC, and before that, uh, I was in like San Jose area um, okay. for like high school, middle school, and before that, <laughs> I was in Hong Kong, which oh. which is where I was born, and uh, awesome. I was raised there for twelve years and just immigrated here afterwards. Very cool, <coughs> lots of lots of job opportunities out here. <laughs> yeah, it's really competitive in Hong Kong, and, and people are just like the disparity is even more than pure in SF. Oh, wow. wow. I yeah. didn't know that. That must be insane. <coughs> yeah. Do you um, go there to visit at all? Or? Uh, I used to. I really should. My parents are still there. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> yeah. That's crazy. Um, but you're here now. Yeah. <laughs> you're in San Francisco. Wow, you're like brand... I'm trying to remember what it was like being new. In San Francisco? Yeah, I just felt like it took... Like I was telling him, it takes a while to get into the the swing of things. But that's great that you're taking that class because you're Mm -hmm. kind of around people who may or may not have the same interests as you, and that's kind of how. Yeah, that's that's the reason why I do all of them. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm still too um, antisocial to do any of that. (laughs) (coughs) That just comes with being an engineer. (laughs) It's just like personality. I I I guess it's like intrinsic to like who I am. Yeah. That's just like engineers, because like Oracle was happening, and a lot of people would come to my store, and they're just like really speaking another language. Yeah, they're just really shy and awkward. But you're like, mm, just pain. What are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> That's how you know they're from Oracle. Like, yeah. no, you're an engineer. I was gonna say, but at least they're working on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're making changes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually have a few ideas that I want to try. You know, like one one of those guys who just be like, 
oh, I know this idea, this game is going to be like make billions. Like I'm one of those guys. Like, you want to start your own business. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. This is the right place for that. Yeah, it's great to do startups yes. for sure. Lots and lots of those. <laughs> and um, are you listening to any bands other than your own music? <laughs> are you listening to anything at the moment that you think that we should know about? Um, there's this uh, really cool future-based uh, Japanese artist uh, called like Yujiko Snail House. So they have like it's just, like they don't have like vocals or anything, but like the music is actually re- like the chord progressions are like top of the line, and they're just like the the glitches that you know like how how they interchange like from one. It, it's just the techniques are like really great. I I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. But it's it's something out of the ordinary. Yeah, worth checking it, out. Actually, it, it definitely is. Yeah, it's something to check out. And they're based in Japan. T- Tokyo, I think. Oh, yeah. Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. Well, definitely have to go check that out. Well, did you have any last uh, thoughts for us, or anything else that you wanted to um, promote? Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was great having you. Maybe we could play one or two songs. Yeah, sure. Close you out. Um, yeah, let's let's play some. Um, <coughs> what would you like to hear? Like, how? When, when um, well, I can't really. Oh, we we have to play uh, the one that the the girl was featured. Okay. okay. Yeah. We must. All right. Yeah. Ready. It's 
the one that we were talking about earlier yeah with the girl fe featured and uh, i went to an alpaca farm with her i actually asked her to show like like uh whether or not she wants to show here and to like say a few words but um, she hasn't been sleeping apparently so oh <laughs> no, no that's not good she's yeah. scared of us tell her we won't bite <laughs> we're very friendly people here <laughs> which is kind of weird in san francisco yeah it's not really it's unheard of <laughs> It's not something that's normally happening. Mm -hmm. So if people want to check you out online, Falcon Music? Falcon Music, yeah. F-A-L-L-K-E-N music.com. Gotcha. Well, we will definitely check you out. And let us know if you have any upcoming uh, shows or new music releases. Definitely right. be interested. Well, thanks so much for stopping on by. Yeah. And wow, I felt like we just got here. Yeah, it's already. We hadn't been here in, in a while, so we were like, okay, we gotta do this and that, and, da, 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 and then before you know it, eight o'clock. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it's our bedtime. No, it's not. <laughs> sort of. Close enough. Saturday night, people. There's a lot of good bars in your neighborhood. <laughs> we were just talking about one that we used to go to on Tempest. Yeah, we used to. Natoma. <laughs> Fifth and Natoma, so it's closer to oh, closer to market. Actually, I'm actually on Natoma. Yeah. Oh, you are! Oh, whoa, <laughs> yeah. it's his backyard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I go there every day. What you talking about? <laughs> I should go out more often and do. You will. You gotta get a hang of it. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, good luck to you, and um, music. Uh, Music sounds good from what I heard <laughs> a <laughs> previously, <little bit. laughs> but right. I will check it out more. And yeah, just let us know if you have any upcoming uh, new tracks or anything relevant that you want to let us know about. Um, we could also do phone interviews are okay, but I think we prefer face to face. It's just yeah. more more natural. Exactly. Yeah. And more I was of a conversation. Exactly, and uh, then once you do like a pre-recorded phone interview, all kinds of stuff can go wrong. You're like, wait, I have to access that file. Wait, no, that's not the right code. What? No, wait, password's wrong. Wait, the website's down. You know, anything. Got like. it, yeah. <laughs> She's been through all of those. <laughs> Whereas here, it's like, what can go wrong? Yeah, you're here. Everything. You're just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything is terrible. Okay. <laughs> Well, hope you have a great night, yeah. and um, I guess we can, uh, it's been a minute since we played some actual music yeah. here. We've been talking pretty much nonstop, and stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio. Yeah. 
My girl got a minimum. Keep stuck right by there till the number comes. Leave it smooth, operator looking like a bum. My girl's got a city to run. Got the key to the kingdom where the money's from. Never seen the color yellow, never seen the sun. And he thinks I'm the negative one. Flag slapping in Manhattan. New York, New York. Gargoyles goggling oil. Peak of the empire, top of the rock. Flag slapping in Manhattan. New York, New York. Gargoyles goggling oil. Peak of the empire, top of the rock. My girl's got a little stick. Keep you cool up in the kitchen while you feed the cake. Keep you waiting in the window while the tank just ticks. My girl got a limousine. Got a full-time job just to keep it clean. Got a speaker in the truck, you know where it's done. You think I'm the negative one. Flags slapping in Manhattan. New York, New York. Gargoyles goggling on. Peak of the empire, top of the rock. Flags slapping in Manhattan. New York, New York. Gargoyles goggling on. New York, New York. New York, New York. Late nights are black as the lights. White women singing under the dying lights. Baseball bats that never hit home runs. Late nights are black as the lights. White women singing under the dying lights. Baseball bats that never hit home runs. I got a baseball bat, never hit home runs. My girl got a minimum. Leave it stuck right there till the number comes. Leave it smooth, operator looking like a bum. My girl got a city to run. Got the key to the kingdom where the money's from. Never seen the color yellow, never seen the sun. New York, New York.